All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is a new format we're trying out. Um, I think it might be a Patreon exclusive, but that's not set in stone yet. All right. Um, we've got Billy here today. I'm here today. All right. Good for you. You know what? I'm here, too. Nobody cares about me being here. Yeah. Sorry. Shit. All right. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> Yeah, today we're just, uh, we're kind of fucking around, so this, um, is just gonna be, like, uh, us, like, talking about music news, and it's, like, it's not gonna be constrained by our normal format of, like, 10 million, uh, listens or less, we can talk about whatever, um, new music releases, um, yeah, I think this, this is gonna be about new music, uh, specifically, and, um, Taylor Swift, I know, has a new album out. Uh, I've listened to it. Um, how do you feel about Taylor Swift, Billy? Um, I, I think that I, I don't like, uh, you know, criticizing people too much, but um, or criticizing like uh, being too overtly like mean to people. Um, there's a lot of that shit on the internet. But I do have, like, feelings about her, just her music in general. It just feels very pandering. Um, and I I do feel like, it, especially how she's been going about with her, like, new albums. Um, she, she has every reason to want to rebrand herself and i can respect that and I, I think that's really cool um to do as an artist you know you have a lot of artists who just uh who do not rebrand themselves and stay in the same comfort area for a long time but uh like i said i i do feel like sometimes it doesn't feel like a genuine like rebranding um and i'm sure you might have more to feel and say about that yourself but it just it feels like a pandering kind of rebrand like i'm doing i'm doing this to make money i'm not doing this because it's actually how i feel and i'm all about like artists writing for stuff from the art or from the heart and you know singing stuff from the heart and that makes it more special and that makes it more honest and raw when it comes from that place um i i just can't get into her music like that it i mean there there i think that she's just from the start it's the there's a lot of music that's just um like i don't know if you if you can like say where I'm coming from more, but there's just a lot of music that doesn't feel like I can get into it for that reason. Does that make All sense? Right. Well, yeah, uh, to an extent, I, I, well, I understand. I just, um, I feel like it's. I thought it was funny when you were like, uh, I feel like um, her, 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 uh, some rebranding is more like. Uh, uh, pandering than others rebranding is is a marketing 
uh, concept. It is like cynical and uh, completely, uh, you know, pandering regardless of uh, how it's executed. Its intent is always going to be pandering. It's going to be like, well, what's this demographic we're not doing well with? Well, let's try to reach out to them. You know, like, look at Miley Cyrus, for example. Her, um, her rebranding was like, okay, so I'm this uh, Disney teen sensation that people are no longer resonating with. How about I just take off my clothes and, and fuck around on a wrecking ball? And you know what? It worked. And uh, some of her recent music has actually been really good. And uh, I feel like her her vocals are even stronger than they used to be. So I, I don't know. I, I'm usually on board with rebranding as long as it's... Uh, as long as the end result is good, I think the ends justify the means, you know? Yeah, that that does that does make sense. And I mean I, I definitely Yeah, I definitely am kind of conflicted with uh, how like you, you you definitely have her going through some a lot of you definitely have her going through a lot of probably what Miley Cyrus was going through. So it's interesting to say that like a lot of talking down and a lot of judgment and a lot of people saying that she's not actually like an artist and someone to be respected in the music game. And, you know, I, I'm thinking about the event with Kanye. There, there's actually like things that happened to her that like have shaped what she's been molded into as this new artist so it, it does make sense um for from that perspective of what her music has like come to um i i just guess that cynic that cynical side of me is just um when she's singing about like other stuff it just it just um feels less like it, it feels like that it it doesn't feel I I don't know it's probably not from my place to say but um, <laughs> what are you trying to say I really I, want to know honestly <laughs> I'm what I'm trying to say is that she has those those songs that like come back to those events that happened to her life and she has those uh songs that are alluding to being um not respected by men and in those relationships and yeah i feel i feel like there's a good way to say those things and i i i like that she's saying those things i'm and I like that she's owning herself and respecting herself. And I think that's important for people to see. I just think like maybe with the rebranding, it kind of overshadows the importance of those themes. And I think that like, it's, it's really important to be, um, to be like loving yourself, but uh, just I can't take it as seriously when there's it 
when it feels more you're empowering yourself and then you're just kind of like being shitty to other people too i'd rather like just the empowerment itself but i mean this brings up a lot of like things if it was a man doing it would i feel any different you know that kind of thing um yeah yeah go ahead i'm i am going on a little bit you 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 do have a habit of that but that's okay um yeah i feel like you're bringing up a lot of stuff that has you know like and this isn't to um this isn't to trivialize it but a lot of um you know what you're bringing up happened like a decade ago uh like the the um the the Kanye uh, incident, the uh, the feud uh, with um, Katy Perry, but I mean, I feel like all um, I don't know about Kanye. I feel like the Kanye thing might have been legit, but I feel like the Katy Perry thing was one of those uh, music producer things where they're like, we're going to drum up sales for both of you, uh, and you're both going to get hit singles out of this, and and they did. And I feel like I I really would like to know when you consider her rebranding to be uh, taking place because um, I feel like her branding rebranding really took place around that time, like a decade ago. Because um, before then, she was just this sweet, in- innocent little you know uh, con- country singer who was, was still a singer songwriter. And uh, still, you know, wrote a lot of her own music, I, I think. I could be wrong about that. Um, I'm just now realizing a lot of the stuff I know about Taylor Swift, I got secondhand from mom after she watched a, a documentary on Taylor Swift. I'm, I'm, I'm totally serious. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it was effective. <laughs> But yeah, I, I I think that's part of what feels disingenuous to me is I wish I I'd like for her to be writing her own music again. Like she's a talented artist. She she's obviously shown that. And I think that like this rebranding was is part of her for sure, but is definitely that marketing ploy like we've said um um and I think that this kind of started at that point for sure um definitely not on this album like it what it didn't start but it started before this album is what i would say or what i don't know when that one released um i can't pull up my wait trusty internet the album before this one oh um i want to say the taylor swift one yeah I can pull it up. Um, I think her last album, I could be wrong, but it's looking like uh, Evermore. What was that? That was um, 2020. Oh. Like, she did a bunch of, uh, like, uh, remixes of her older stuff. Well, not remixes, but, like, uh, uh, 
reproduction reproductions uh, remasters of her older stuff like um they're called taylor's version like she did taylor's version of red and fearless and um i might be wrong but i'm not thinking of that one i'm thinking thinking uh, folklore yes i'm I'm pretty sure it would have been but i've heard it's really good all right what were you saying um i was just saying it would have been like um in 2018 or 19. um are you thinking of um are you thinking of the one with look what you made me do yes that was uh 2017 that was reputation oh. yeah i'm i'm not a fan of the album <laughs> look what you made okay. me do is really is is exactly what i'm kind of thinking of well <laughs> it was it was honestly kind of a shit posty album anyway so i mean yeah it, to me it's kind of cringe i'm <laughs> yeah no that's it's, fair like i that's exactly the kind of like and if you can find like a genuine like good like source for you making good music i that's appreciative for me i mean i appreciate that and um it's possible that that album was not the best but the albums that are after it have been much better um and that's good like as long as she's used that to create better material but that album was just kind of cringe for me (laughs) no that's fair um all right moving away from taylor swift have you heard um jeff rosenstock's new song uh which one is that it's called um razor love he did it with laura stevenson no um i actually haven't but i i she they've done they've done a couple of songs together before haven't they yes um and they recently released i think it's an ep it's called younger still and just came out okay i think i did see that but i i didn't um i didn't uh, check it out yet it, i i do like their stuff together uh, obviously jeff rosenstock is great i mean do you want to hear it real quick yeah all right let me see if i can pull it up let me see if i can bullshit this No bullshit. No bullshit on this podcast. Yes. Yeah, uh, st- serious. All right. We're serious boys talking about Taylor Swift. It's the Imagine dream. It's, it's what millennials are supposed to do. All right. Um, this is going to be Razor Love by uh, Jeff Rosenstock and Laura Stevenson. Now loading.
yeah, it's really uh, cute and really lighthearted and nice. I I uh, listened to Harvest Boon quite a bit with um, with both of them um, when they made that EP. I guess that was um, kind of made to um, made before this to kind of get hype for this, and I think that that really sets that song sets the stage for this new energy of um the both of these these two collaborating it's it's really cool and it's it's nice that like i think this is definitely a passion project of his um it's nice to have a different energy from what you're used to getting from him oh i can't hear you Yeah, I'm muted. Um, I, I was talking the whole time, oh. as usual. While the song was going? No, no, no. Uh, I mean, like, uh, I was just interjecting with ye- occasional yes, you know, like the, the usual talking to mom energy. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can just uh, sp- uh, splice those in. Yeah, I'll Sorry. splice in the yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I was uh, just going to... Uh, I was just agreeing with you, really. Um, yeah, I. It is a, a, a nice contrast, um, and I know some artists, uh, um, some artists, um, some listeners consider it, you know, like uh, or fans consider it selling out. If you're like, oh, you know, he's normally like this high energy like punk singer, but now he's doing like uh, pop songs for the ladies. That's he's selling out. He's selling <laughs> out. I mean, it's like no maybe he just likes doing you know romantic songs like have you ever considered that yeah it doesn't have to be a it doesn't have to be a scheme yeah i i really love no dream and um his other albums but i i and there's so much to still you know be mad about but i i can understand like he that doesn't have to be his image all the time and if he's getting tired of you know making those kind of high energy songs like he it's you don't always have to you know do that like it it sucks that people feel like they have to stick to a certain image just because they've branded themselves that way doesn't that just perfectly sum up the last five years though there's still so much to get mad about (laughs) yeah and I, i think that uh the album is just such a perfect summation of all of it, all of his like anger. Oh, there they went. Especially uh, Wait, can, politics. Can you not hear me? Oh no, I, it was the um. I'm so the I, jockey up. Yeah, <laughs> I always okay. just get <laughs> thrown off by them leaving. I know, and it happens every time, and and the other bot does not pick it up, and I always think it's going to pick it up, and I'm going to have to edit out the sound when Jockey Bot leaves, but nope. Fuck Jockey Bot. Well, Jockey Bot gives us our music. We can't be mad at it. <laughs> Jockey Bot <laughs> is God. <laughs> yes. Then well, if we went into Jockey Bot, we would use something else, but no, uh, no I take it back. We love Jockey Bot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
we, we, we probably should have did the same thing about Taylor Swift, actually, and played a song of hers to evaluate it. You know what? I will pay, play you one of her new songs. Yeah. Um, but, but first, can we talk about the um, the drum machine in that and how drum machines have low-key become associated with uh, like romantic pop music when they were total, that was totally not a thing? Like, um, I don't... Well, I guess... In a way, it has been a thing for a long time, even since the '80s. Like it, uh, it's <laughs> it's funny. Um, the the two sides of the drum machine are um, the, uh, the 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 two um, the two genders: uh, uh, old school hip hop and romantic pop music. The drum machine's come a long way. <laughs> Where else will it go? Stay tuned to find out. Well, and that's in the 80s. These days, I guess you could also throw in trap music and pretty much uh, most hip-hop still relies on like 808s and 909s. Yeah, I it, it's just uh, it, it, it feels like if it and it's not like just there like really obviously it really feels like it sets the, the tone and the beat for everything really properly. So it is, it's just fun how creative you can get with music and your sounds. Absolutely. And these days it's a click of a button, you know, and I can't even fathom. And, you know, like I make, I make music, but I, I couldn't even fathom like 30, 40 years ago having to do everything like manually. And, and I guess that's not true. I could figure it out. Like as, as a millennial, I can do both. Uh, you know, the, you know how the meme goes. Yeah, but like, I and I'm sure you know if I if I were alive and making music in the early '80s, I would have figured it out. Um, but uh, it's it's just like it's we take a lot for granted these days about how easy it is. Yeah, to just how- like go online and make an album. Yeah, how many sources like Bandcamp makes it so easy to put up stuff? Spotify has made it so easy to put up stuff. I mean, hey, we're on Spotify. Whoa. Um, but yeah, it and it, I think it says something about like how uh, today, you know, as an artist, you can make something and have it up pretty quickly. But back then, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong there was not as much it you usually would have to be more produced to be up like to be seen because of how how much it would go into you know you making music for today i think that's why we're seeing such a surgence of like indie stuff because of how you know you you don't have to be that uh big produced like big produced classic rock very well-known band anymore you can just be a, a single guy making music and putting it up on Bandcamp. yeah the uh bedroom core yeah as the uh, as the kids call it yeah like you can make you can like do all the instruments yourself and get an album up in an hour if you really wanted to whereas in the past you had to like uh secure a deal uh, either you know with a distributor any kind of distributor 
and uh, like uh, book a recording studio, go in, you know, yeah. like do the session, and then get the tapes afterwards, and you know, pay the uh, the booking studio. Now you can do all that shit for free. Like it's so yeah. fucking insane. It's so cool too because you can start out as you you can start out as like just doing it yourself, it just being a fun little project, and now you can make it make it big and you know start going to become like a big musician. It, it's hard, like it doesn't happen that often, but we've seen it happen to people. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Look at, at fucking, I don't, I'm not a fan, but look at Justin Bieber, you know, like he just, yeah. he made, uh, he made a YouTube video of him singing and a producer saw it and, and signed him to a contract. Yeah. Or, or if you, a better a person that we both actually like, look at Bo Burnham. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, he he started off from YouTube videos too. Like, it's it's crazy how far he's come, and he actually makes good projects. Uh, his his last project's really fucking great. Everyone loved Inside, like within reason. Like, if you go on Letterboxd, you'll see some really unhinged reviews for uh, for uh, Inside, and it's it's funny to read them and be like, I don't know what the fuck kind of drugs you're on, my dude. But <laughs> that's that's neither here nor there. Yeah, there's there's always gonna be people who don't like something for whatever reason. That that's fair. I I just think it's such a good album that captures, or I guess it is an album, but also a you know performance thing that really captures what 2020 was like, and that's going to be a um. A thing that we'll always have to remember it by, for better or worse. Yeah, uh, uh, what's the term? A, uh, time capsule. Yeah. Yeah, just a little time capsule. Alright, let me play that Taylor Swift song for you. Yeah. This is, I think it's, it's the most listened to song off, off her new album. I don't know if it's, um... If it's actually good uh mm, that's not what i was gonna say i, I, I was gonna say I don't, I don't know if it's a hit single oh, okay. i think i think we'll call it the hit single off the album uh and i was just i just had it and then i deleted it because i convinced myself that it was the wrong version and i don't think that's the case all right. Here it is. This is um, Antihero by Taylor Swift. Have you heard it yet? No. You have? No, no. Oh, I'm sorry. It sounded like you said, yeah. Okay. All right, well, here's the song. All right. Come with 
have like a nationwide uh a nationwide like news coverage of what an anti-hero is so that we can all be on the same page uh, i think that definition would be really helpful to the public yeah are you saying that taylor swift doesn't have anti-heroes <laughs> i'm saying that taylor swift probably doesn't know what an anti-hero is but uh but other than that um, it was it was pretty good. It was it was fun and catchy, and uh, I I I do like that. Um, you know, it does address some of the things I was actually talking about previously about the 
the brand from the other album that I had a problem with where it's like, oh, I'm hot shit. And, you know, those people that diss me, they can go to hell. Yeah. And I, I'm, you know, the number one. And it's like, you know, I don't know how um, the other songs on the album might be, but I, I think that this is at least a nice, more introspective take on, you know, um, the things that happen in our lives can sometimes and very much will be you know our our own fault and uh, it it's you know that's not to say that like there's tragedies that have happened in her life or my life that are my fault or her fault but i do think it's a very interesting uh more nuanced take that um that i can appreciate that she went in this direction for this for this song yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, the entire album is like this, and I really enjoyed it. Um, no, that's cool. That's I. Well, then, all my criticism, you can just edit it out then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I won't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that is a problem of talking about something without listening to this album first. Um, but my criticism for the other previous album still stands. But, yeah, I mean, those are still things that happened, you know, even, you know, growth, uh, you know, wouldn't be uh, as remarkable as it is if it didn't proceed, you know, uh, lack of growth, you know? Yeah, I think like part of that rebranding is, you know, making some, I don't want to say mistakes, but making some choices that don't fit as well and you know sure. there there are the those choices that don't sit well with people and um you know at, at least you can say you tried i mean muse did what they wanted to do and everyone was pissy about it but you know they obviously didn't want to continue making the music they'd made before for whatever reason that's yeah, um, that's their so choice yeah, with Muse specifically, I remember um, there was one guy in the band. I think it was the uh, the guitarist. I could be wrong. That really didn't like the the cock rock stuff they were doing early on, and he was like, "Hey, can we can we experiment? Can we do a little bit more? You know, like unconventional stuff." And uh, so they did Madness, which was their their. Uh, um, the notorious dubstep song and yeah. uh, subsequent album, and he actually liked that. I, that was like his favorite thing they did for a while. And you know, like I, I'm one of those people that's like anything to keep the band together. If there's a member that's like, "Hey, can we please do a, a Latvian folk album?" and the rest of the band was like, "Eh," but then you know, like. I'm totally fine with it. Like, if, if that's what keeps the band together, like, go for it. Fuck, you know, you, it's it's your thing. Do whatever the fuck you have to do. Yeah, and I'm sure there's people who still enjoy, uh, you know, I, I have to be honest, it's not my kind of thing, but there's people who still enjoy um, that, like, muse after, um, after that change, after that rebranding. It, it doesn't always have to appeal to you and why would you go on the internet and like tell people to kill themselves also like that's fucking crazy 
Well, because they're a total piece of shit. Those are the only people who do that are total pieces of shit. Let's be honest. Anyone who goes on the internet and says kill yourself is a piece of shit. I don't <laughs> that's a controversial uh, opinion. Well, how can you say that? <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, I feel like it actually helped them because now if you go back and listen to some of uh, Muse's more recent stuff, they've got like a nice uh, tonal balance, I think. Yeah, um, it's, it's kind of similar to this, like, kind of situation where, you know, your first one's going to be a little rocky, but, you know, you'll get to that new sound that ever that you want and that everyone else would want eventually. Uh, in fact, would you be opposed to me, like, playing one of Muse's recent songs? <laughs> Why not? All right, we're, we're doing it. Why not just lean into it? Is this, this, is, is uh, this Wubby? Or is this, like... Uh, still uh, I, electronic, kind of? A little bit. Let me just play it for you. Okay. This is Muse's You Make Me Feel Like It's Halloween. Okay, but what is that the actual song? I make you feel like it's Halloween, but what is the actual song, dude? That's what it's called. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a Halloween song. Oh, nice. Oh, we should have played it for our Halloween um, thing. I thought about it. You know what? It would have been in compliance because it's less than 10 million hits. <laughs> Nobody listens to Muse anymore. <laughs> well, it's... Uh, no, I mean, it's it's like 7.8. It's right on the cusp. But, you know, still in compliance. <laughs> you sound like my job. <laughs> That boy hell fix you out of compliance. <laughs> I mean, just like you, I am a middle manager, so sucks. Yeah, sucks to suck, as Ronnie would say. Yeah, we're contributing to the problem. Yeah, we're a bunch of fucking assholes. All right, here's uh, uh, here's Muse. All three people that are listening to this. from my 
All right, how'd you feel about that? Um, I really dig that. That was a lot of fucking fun. Um, yeah, <laughs> that was good. I, I I would not have expected that from use. <laughs> um, I think I it does like it brings me to like I, I, there's something I was thinking about that might be beyond my scope of actual criticism, but. And it's not an actual bad thing, but um, I think listening to pop music is a lot different from listening to like the indie music or other like musics that I'll be listening to. Um, in that, like, um, you know, Muse or Taylor Swift, um, they're all like adopting and learning from other pop artists like we're listening to you know pop poppier music so i think it's it makes sense that um uh, it's interesting that muse has taken like the the modern kind of pop like synth resurgence and they've used it to their best ability and it sounds really good with their other sounds I think, like, despite this being, you know, a new muse, you can still hear aspects of their previous, like, sounds, and that being, like, mixed with the synths and everything is very interesting. I think Taylor Swift might have... It feels a little less, like, less... It feels a little bit more modern, like, generic... Um, and that's okay. Like the, she still was able to make it like her own, and it's it's still good. But I think that this is a little bit more. There's a lot of different sounds and inspirations here. I, even like with those like Oz, I felt like a little there was a little bit of like Queen in there, and that's that's very interesting. There's like that that modern uh, inspiration, and then there's those like that that Queen inspiration. What do you think? Yeah, um, I thought it was funny because I, for some reason, I thought you were going to use the word idiolect, and I was like, this is Billy. He's not going to use the word idiolect. Um, <laughs> What's idiolect mean? <laughs> I can learn something. <laughs> it's uh, um, speech habits um, that are um, reserved for a specific uh, group or person. Or it can extend. It's um, it's really broader than that. That's like the textbook definition, but um, it's it's like um, this language that is uh, reserved to a specific identity, and that uh, certainly can pertain to music. Okay, I, I see where you're going now. At, at first, I was like. How, how the fuck does that pertain to this? But now I, I see what you're you're talking about. Well, uh, we're not going to get into prescriptivism versus uh, descriptivism because uh, GS isn't here, and uh, in this case, fuck him, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> on the record, <laughs> off the record, for the record, he's kind of an asshole. <laughs> Well, I think it's very evident in that one episode. 
<laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I feel like um, this song specifically does use some of the the language of uh, what is expected for like a Halloween song, um, like specifically the um, the organs in minor key. Um, you know, like the uh, the vocals are very theatrical. I, and I, I feel like that's to be expected at this point for uh, a, a major pop song doing a Halloween song, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I don't have a problem with that. I think it's it's very fun. It's executed very well. It's clear this was supposed to be a big hit, and it wasn't. But that's okay. Maybe it will be in five years. Who knows? You know? Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see... Um people like playing this like in stores and stuff because we have the same Halloween music that we've had for 20 years kind of feels like that for Christmas music too I'd love to hear people make songs that aren't just fucking the same record or the recordings of like the same songs like please fucking what's that one Halloween what's that one Christmas song that's like uh um, uh, Mar- Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. <laughs> oh, that one, and then there's another one I was thinking of. The one that oh. I was, we were in the bank and I was making fun of. Um, last Christmas, I gave you my heart the very next day. <laughs> you threw it away. <laughs> Yeah, please give it to someone special. Like, it's the whiniest song. <laughs> but it's a George Michael song, so it makes sense. <laughs> but, uh, like, yeah, Jesus Christ. There is no excuse for Christmas music either, because there are literally thousands of artists who have tried to cash in on the Christmas craze by making their own Christmas song. And yeah. they just never, they just never took off. Just use some of those songs on your, yeah, whatever your uh, Macy's DJ playlist for Christmas music. Uh, instead, they'll just play Mariah Carey uh, five times over and over, and it's it's really a fucking annoyance. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, those those songs are already kind of like owned technically, kind of like how radio is with that kind of thing like they they don't have to pay any more money for those songs from my understanding like they'd have to pay money to use the other songs well there's always royalties they're gonna have to pay um i don't know i feel like there is a lot of great like christmas adjacent music out there like holiday music I am gonna play a song on our um, our holiday um, uh, episode for the the, the podcast um, that I I will not play on this. Um, okay. Yeah. That is like a, a perfect Christmassy vibe, but without like the the Christmas you know invocation. Uh, 
Um, but yeah, like it doesn't have to be like Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, you know, to be a good Christmas song. Just yeah. you know, just start throwing some sleigh bells and you know, throw in some ambient piano and you got yourself a Christmas song, really. I think it says I don't wanna detract too much from music, but I think it says a lot that some people's favorite movies and this is kind of a meme, but it's like favorite Christmas movies is like Die Hard or uh, like my favorite Christmas movies Gremlins and it's just it says it it says so much to me about Christmas that sometimes you just want to get away from all the overt like like um, positivity yeah (laughs) and Christmas is actually like a really fucking sad time sometimes you know there's plenty of people who I have plenty of work friends who you know, no Christmas as like anniversaries of parents like uh, dying, and there's plenty of people who have car crashes around the Christmas time because of how there is everyone is <laughs> there is a documented like surgence of car crashes and those kind of things that happen. Yeah. Like Christmas isn't just all happiness, you know. Now, I will say there is a myth that suicides are the highest around Christmas time. That is not true. Suicides are the highest around March and April. Okay, that I will say for the record is a myth that that suicides are the highest around Christmas time. But, you know, however, people are still fucking stressed around the holidays because they are trying to make more money to provide for their family. Yeah. Yeah, and you see a lot of people picking up overtime because of that expectation too. Um, it it is, you know, I I think that that marketing kind of positivity is a response to trying to keep people in the right mindset of buying and being happy for Christmas, and. I think that's why sometimes I will feel like, oh, this is just a scam. This is just, you know, you're just, you know, you're trying to manipulate me. And this is all just like kind of phony, you know, to. So I think that's why those like other kinds of movies can be. And that's why that other kind of mindset can be more realistic and more appreciated especially during that time you don't you don't always want to hear like all this like you know people trying to sell me broken hearts and then next christmas i'm gonna fuck santa yeah last christmas Uh, he gave me my heart this christmas i'm gonna fuck santa can we talk about how problematic santa baby is (laughs) <laughs> I think everybody already knows. Well, All right, that's fair. <laughs> I think we already know how problematic Sansa Baby is. How problematic um, the other, the one with uh, it's cold outside. Well, yeah, that's a given. But I think Santa Baby is kind of slept on for how problematic it for months. Yeah how problematic it is well i i think that's a natural case of 
problematicness when you are taking songs that were created in what, like the 50s, like 60s? Yeah. Like, these are all songs that were, you know, created with not with uh, people, you know, not having the same rights as other people and trying to sell to certain people the idea of Christmas and um, like, I think that that's just the natural kind of problem you're going to run into when we're still taking songs that were you know, made at those times. Like, <laughs> we need to fucking move on. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's, I guess that's true to an extent. Um, I don't think there's much problematic with Jingle Bells. Yeah. But I would like to move on from at least, like, Santa Baby or um, It's Cold Outside. I mean, people. Yeah. People expect those to not really be playing, but they're being played everywhere. I am currently working on a um, a, a horror parody of It's Cold Outside called I'm Dead Inside. <laughs> Don't uh, advertise it too much. It's getting stolen soon. Shit, you're right. No, but it's, it's already happening. So it's like, yeah, go ahead, you know. Yeah. Um. All right. So, this next song is um just a gorilla song. But uh, are you ready to hear the new gorilla song? Okay. <laughs> you were. You've been ready. We've been waiting for this. <laughs> well, it's just like we're. You know, we're close to wrapping up. <laughs> we're gonna yeah. keep this short. Okay. That's, um. That's fair. All right. This is um. The new single by uh, Gorillaz, I believe it dropped today, or was it yesterday? It was uh, today. All right, let's listen to it. Let's get it out there. Okay. This is uh, this is Baby Queen by Gorillaz. Uh, oh, can you, I just say, um, I yeah. I laughed during the Taylor Swift or the Taylor Swift song. Cause it was so fucking funny when all what she said about all the babies. Just, I mean, I, I I know it wasn't probably supposed to be taken the the way I took it, but she just was like, you said like that shit about the the babies that she loves them or something. Well, yeah. I mean, also. <laughs> Let me just quickly define for everyone. Uh, an anti-hero is a main character in a story or uh, uh, who may lack conventional hero heroic qualities and attributes such as idealism, courage, and morality. That is the textbook definition of anti-hero. All right, but now uh, we're going to play Baby Queen by Gorillaz. And uh, I have not heard this song yet. So we're both going to be going in blind on this one. Oh, damn. Yeah.
That was Queen Baby by Gorillas. What's the deal, Billy? You think this is what uh, Sandman listens to while he's uh, chilling? I really hope so, because it's a pretty chill track, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah. I, I I do feel like... And it's not just this song. I There's nothing that really has like that spark of... I would listen to this like so much... like fucking every day um but this is a very very good fun song um and that's just i guess that's the whole motive of pop is just easy accessible and you know and at least uh entertaining enough that you would just be able to revisit it and you know have those like fun associations with it sure yeah but i um i'm definitely on board with like just songs that you can just vibe to without it being like a whole you know thing like with like uh advanced uh, production with like uh string sections and guitar sections and bass sections like you you can just put out a chill track these days and people will be on board with it if you're uh if it feels genuine and i feel like this does even though it's coming from gorillas <laughs> yeah I, definitely i i do like how just how easygoing it is and how it 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 doesn't uh, something like I will get into the habit of just listening to on repeat is like, you know, like cursive or something where they just always have an escalation. And I do like that this just has that one vibe throughout this entire song. Like, I'm very used to hearing like a song grow from being slow paced to you know having that bridge or something that like it grows into being louder or something so it is nice to have that slow vibe yeah do you really feel that way yeah yeah i mean i i mean I, there is plenty of artists that i do listen to that i think are emblematic of that like uh shaky graves i think is really pr good at that uh, sure. He some of his and some of his music, even though it has that energy of being slow paced throughout the song, like I could still. Um, that was like he did have a song where I could just like listen to it every day. Let me see which one it was from his newest album. I mean, though, that can be new always changes, but. Um, can't wake up is the album there's so many good songs on this album and not all of them capture that um that energy but of 
some of them do like escalate but climb on the cross is just such a good song i love that song i listen to that like song pretty much every day for a good month yeah i mean i i i didn't it's not that i didn't believe you (laughs) (laughs) sorry i i just think it's it's interesting that i do have a vibe that i'm used to and that i very much go to especially for something that i listen to every day um if i do if it does like catch me in in the way that i i just you know gravitate towards that song so much that i'll listen to it so much for a time but usually it wouldn't be a slower paced song so i do think it's interesting that an artist like that like can happen but it just it it doesn't happen as often sure i mean um is it okay if i tell a joke yeah all right um Billy, Billy, the other day I was going down on my girlfriend. I said to her, geez, you got a big pussy. Geez, you got a big pussy. She said, why did you say that twice? I said, I didn't. See, because of the echo. All right, this is Big Pussy by Brockhampton. You see what I did there? That was a a reference to a line from Predator that um, Shane Black said, because he was cast in the movie Predator because they thought well, if we cast him uh, he's gonna say he's gonna rewrite the script and he didn't rewrite the script so anyway here's Big Pussy by Brockhampton <laughs> alright Where's that big pussy? It's coming slowly. Alright. Like, uh, you know, like most pussies. Shit. I might have to link it. It's not coming up. Maybe I just hallucinated all of this. Rockhampton really isn't that popular. Yeah, nobody's heard of him. Um. Yeah, I think my uh, my ex-wife must have gaslighted me on this one. It's uh, there's no song called uh, "Big Pussy" by <laughs> by Brockhampton. Why would he resort to such? Uh, sophomoric sense of humor you know he doesn't have to he's such a big artist <laughs> you call Brockhampton one person <laughs> yeah he's a single human being there's no other one <laughs> anyway here's the song and it's not playing it I'm being Where's the Mansley? Where's the giant? 
I linked the song and it still wouldn't play. Big sausage links. Where's the giant Mansley? Where's the big pussy Mansley? Yeah. Where's the big pussy? That's what I say to myself every morning. <laughs> it's like my, it's your mantra of, uh, so that you can, like, what Donald Trump would say, you gotta say to yourself. <laughs> Only way you can fuck them right in the pussy is if you uh, say over and over, Where's the big pussy, Bansley? Yeah. Yeah. Well, sometimes it sucks to suck, as Ronnie would say. He hasn't been on the podcast yet, but he will be at some point. He's my dad. He's everyone's dad, if they're being honest with themselves. What are you doing? (laughs) I'm typing the song. It's really not coming up. Oh, okay. I don't know if you're actually... It's, it says there are no tracks. I guess we can't listen to this song. It is forbidden. <laughs> nope. I have really tried it up like four different ways. All right, what were we talking about before? Just keep rambling. I'll, I'll try to find something. All right. Well, I really think that. Uh... It's funny when you tell me to ramble, I can't actually ramble, but if you gave me something to talk about, I could probably ramble about it for like three days. Alright, keep talking about gorillas as a as a band. Talk about Damon Albarn. <laughs> yeah, I I think Damon is actually a pretty cool name, to be honest. I like that name. Gorillas yeah, I, I, I don't have much to say about that. Yeah, I feel like um Damon is a great band leader as far as um gorillas have put out some great work and i feel like a lot of it is largely slept on like their first two albums are fantastic like you can say the fall was kind of weak because it was just like low-key synth tracks um but i don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that yeah it like I was um, saying before, I mean, something that's low-key might be harder to really get into that you're listening to over and over again. And I think that's where something's imprinted on you, music-wise, if you're listening to it over and over again. But um, it, it is very possible, and like all it really needs is just that if it's slow paced all it just really needs is that like that hook that just sounds so good 
and then goes along really well with the vocals. Yeah, and that album didn't really have a lot of that, in my opinion, at least. Anyway, this is um, Payday's song, Boyfriend, just came out. I'm a fan of hers. Uh, Let me see what you think of it. I just wonder what my boyfriend thinks of this song. He probably hated it. What did you think of this song, Billy? I think that, uh... I think my boyfriend doesn't like me. Um... I mean, I think it was... I think it was it's like something that you put in the car and I'd like be able to listen to and jam to but it's just 
you know, not really something I care about too much. I I do, at risk of sounding like a pedant, I feel like it's one of her lesser songs, but it still like conveys that whole, um, you know, like bisexual rap, uh, bisexual female rapper, um, idolectic to bring the word that I used before. Um, um, you know, it, it's, it really, uh, conveys like this very personal energy that this, uh, female rapper is bringing and it, it feels, it feels very personal, you know, like the content of the rap. I feel like it was GS who said like all rap, all hip hop is about, um, drugs or sex. And you, you could argue that this is about sex, but I still feel like it's more personal than, um, like, I'm gonna fuck a bitch, I'm gonna fuck a hoe. You know, it feels more personal. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely understand that. And I, I can see that it's, it is, um, you know, I do like the idea or the, the lyrics of this. You know, how it's conveyed is one thing. I, I think there is, like, a sort of sophomoric kind of growing vibe to it. I don't know. Um, but I, I, I definitely, I think it is a very personal work and that's, I'd, I'd like that. I think that there's not many things that like go into that kind of, um, that kind of place where, you know, you are, uh, you're dealing with someone, someone's boyfriend and then that idea of, like that secret attraction to someone while you're putting up with their, you know, significant other. It's it's something that like not just people who are in the closet are struggling with. It's something that a lot of people are can struggle to with and relate to. Um and I think it I think that goes to something I was thinking about, which is how interesting like that hip hop has become such a big part of the pop landscape and how um you know rapping has become such a big part of the pop landscape as well it's it's very interesting like it, it there was like you know there there was a plenty of artists that were um well known before uh but it's just it's so much more prevalent now. It's more than just one or two artists. It's so many people who are all doing their own thing. They, like, there's plenty. There's plenty of people who are rapping about fucking sex and money and you know whatever, and that's that's all fine. I mean, but you know, there's plenty of places where you can find shit like this that's personal. Yeah, I mean. It's like uh, Mostef uh, used to say, Brooklyn, sex, love, and money. Exactly. Fun. And, uh, you know, there, you can rap about really anything these days. You can rap about your ATM machine taking too long. Yes, I said it the wrong way. You can, you can rap about your uncle's daughter, which is your, your cousin, by the way. 
<laughs> Interesting, yeah. I I do I do do that rap a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. My cousin's a fucking bitch. You know, I go wherever she hitch. You know, I go wherever she slitch. Yeah, oh, most pop of the... off, queen. I'm popping off. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, this is the new remix of Teenage Dirtbag. <laughs> I'm not even looking at the funny thing. Music has gotten progressively more and more. Uh, unhinged. <laughs> Just like the, the, how you uh, how you uh, introduced the last song we listened to was a little bit more unhinged. Now this one is just like, <laughs> where the fuck is this coming from? All right, let's listen to Teenage Dirtbag. <laughs>
I think this song says something really interesting, um, uh, you know, theming-wise, um, that if you listen to Iron Maiden, you are a dirtbag. You're also a baby. <laughs> Come see the concert with me, maybe. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I like the original because it's just, it's just like, such a dumb like catchy song uh i didn't really notice that much different here maybe if i listened to them back to back i'd notice something but yeah this was just like listening to the song itself this was just really honestly with it was slowed down so it sounded like it was an indie rock male vocalist and some reverb was thrown in that was it yeah and this was given us by Slater a remix artist I do think that they could have done a little bit more to uh, warrant like calling this a remix I mean when I say that also I'm used to remixes doing a lot more so maybe that's coming from that expectation um and I when I do listen to um, like kind of remix kind of things, I might be thinking also that I'm used to um, people who what's that one the one YouTuber who um, will literally like splice songs together make a, a song that like is completely a different pace and everything Are you talking about mashups? Yeah uh, which isn't technically a remix, so I guess no, that's where the expectation that's, comes. 
Christmas uh, series, but we haven't yet. Say it again. I said that's something we could cover on this series, but we haven't yet. Yeah, I, I know a couple good mashups that I'd be um, interested to share, but they're all on YouTube. Yeah, and I know there are probably some people who are mad already, who are like, Oh, you're covering new music? Why didn't you cover the new Avril Lavigne song? Why didn't you cover the new Bear McCreary song? And it's because, fuck off, we don't give a shit. Well, I mean, uh, I'll I'll listen to the new Avril Lavigne song. Probably not right now, but eventually. Alright, let's listen to the new Avril Lavigne song right now. Okay, God. Alright. <laughs> Has it become even more unhinged? No, that that uh that one was a little bit more expected. I think uh the other ones were more unhinged. All right, all right. I'm uh I guess that means I'm gonna sober up. Yeah. How could you do that? Oh god, I gotta go back and find my vodka. Oh, Neil Cicerega is the um is the mashup king. Uh, I'll definitely play something of his eventually, if, like when we sure, talk about you... mashups again. All right, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um... All right, this is uh, Avril Lavigne's new song. This is "I'm a Mess" uh, featuring Youngblood. All right. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Is your body ready? <laughs> yeah, I just went back to Neil Cesariga, uh, one of his songs, and I saw a comment from myself that said, Whoa, Nelly. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, Nelly. That's all I wrote. <laughs> what was the song? The starting line. Okay. All right, here, here's uh, the Avril Levine song. All right. I'm back. He was a boy. Staring at the pavement alone. Wishing I was on my way home to you. All the shops in London are closed. He was a girl. I don't know where to go from here. No, I don't know where to go from here. But I know.
I'm surprised I actually have thoughts about this. All right. That was I'm a mess by Avril Lavigne. What feelings do you have, Billy? Well, I think that this is... This sounds kind of like a fucking Disney, like, Miley Cyrus song that is just really not that interesting, that doesn't have... I mean, I... I, I that really sounds like it takes I would expect Taylor Swift to be making this song probably like 10 years ago or 15 years ago 10 years ago this would be Taylor Swift but now she's fucking vibing yeah yeah I think that I'm really surprised that Avril Lavigne has taken this turn and I mean maybe it's to appeal to a crowd but like you know, I think that with the direction that she was going before with her other, like, work with Gator Boy and kind of other things, like, it was still poppy, but there was more of a, more of a, like, a pop punk sensation to it. Does that make sense? Let's be honest, though. It was pop punk pop punk is usually vapid that was a vapid song this is a vapid song okay <laughs> you no know, i i think you have a point um but i i, I would i would have been hoping that she like leaned more in, into not the vapidness but more into the actual kind of getting more unhinged um i think the bridge of this song was actually not bad like it's um, not a overall if we're being honest it's it's a very it's a very good song to vibe to if you're drunk don't ask me how i know (laughs) (laughs) yeah because you're a mess dude um i'm a mess we belong together yeah i mean i i i just think that that the bridge was actually pretty good and i think that like that's kind of the sound i was kind of hoping for of just like because at that point it um you know her the lyrics just get a little darker for a second of like talking about death and like it kind of feels a little bit more obsessive over the person and it kind of goes into like that for just a second and that's kind of what i would be hoping for like i think that's a good interesting spot for this song to go to in that direction but like i said it just keeps with the whole disney pg feel 
and keeps going like into the uninteresting direction. But I, I think that she it feels weird to say this, but she definitely has like potential to make a good song. Yeah, I mean I'm not opposed to that. Yeah, and I mean this isn't an awful, awful song. This I'm sure people would like this. Yeah. Who just came into the Discord? Nobody. I'm trying a thing. Don't worry about it. Oh my god. Keep talking. Okay, I don't know what to say now. I said everything to say about the song. Those are my thoughts. I'm, I keep trying to play the Big Pussy song, but it won't come. Uh, the Big Pussy don't come. Yeah, and I've tried rubbing the clit. I've tried everything. <laughs> Maybe the Big Pussy just wasn't meant for you. Let's get a woman in here. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure they got all kinds of tricks. <laughs> but it's funny, because you say and then you see the tricks, and they just... They're for they kids. Just lick, they just lick the thing. And it's like, okay, I could have oh, done no. that. You know. But you know how it is. No. I was making a tricks are for kids joke, and then you fucking ruined it by saying you have to lick it. Yeah, I, I made it more real. You were making a 90s joke, but that's that's not funny anymore because all the 90s kids died in the Iraq war <laughs> god <laughs> yeah <laughs> thanks Biden <laughs> yeah Biden was totally president at the time <laughs> Iraq war <laughs> any war any war <laughs> any war <laughs> Anyway, they're all wars. We're all fucking dead because of every fucking government administration in history. Good, good game. We're all fucking dead. GG. GG. Alright, let's wrap this episode up. Um, what, um, overarching views do you have of the music we've listened to? Overall, I love Baby. Baby? Yeah. Baby. Alright. Um, Hash Brown was like biting on my arm like two minutes ago. That's cute. It was cute. And it was I love totally... cats. Yeah, cats are good. Alright. I feel like, uh, yeah, I'm a mess, as uh, the lady would say. Yeah, fuck the lady. But she got uh, divorced from the lead singer of uh, Sum 41. I never did. <laughs> Damn, she should have talked about that in the song. That's more interesting. Does Sum 41 yeah. have a song to show us that uh, we can play the Sum 41 song? If you want one more song, I can give it to you. <laughs> I, I do like the idea of us revisiting like bands that have uh, you know um, were much more popular back then and are um, not as popular now like it was interesting to see the direction that Avril Lavigne has taken 
even though it wasn't a direction that I would care for. I mean, I only really know her from Skater Boy, so why would I even care, to be honest, but... Yeah, he was a boy. I was a boy. What much more could I say? Did I make it any more obvious? Did yeah. you did you enjoy me singing along? Yeah, it was great. It was the hit of our time. Here, uh, can you uh play play a song for me that? I would have shared and then that's the all last right. one alright here is We Are All Insane by no. how do you play something from YouTube wait believe in me I can't well you fucking suck dude I wanted to share some. I wanted to share the Neil Cicerica song. Right, listen to this. <laughs> okay. Jealousy, Wednesday and a cup of tea. He called. 
that was the song. And uh, how did you feel about it, Billy? Um, what artist was that? Was that AWOL Nation? That was AWOL Nation, yeah. Oh, wow. That, I, I really, that was a really good song. I, probably uh, my favorite that we've listened to. That was a... Um, I really like the approach that they've taken with with that kind of song. I think that it really helps to have like his high energy vocals are just so recognizable, and I I love them. They're really good, but I think pairing that with the the chorus, it was a really good choice there too. Yeah, I really love love his vibe. It feels like he's always trying to channel Prince. And I love that. I love that because nobody else does that. You know, everyone else is like, oh, Prince is an influence. And then, like, they just make a standard pop song, you know, with a lot of crooning and a lot of uh, um, melisma. And it's like, yeah, okay, Prince is your influence, but you don't do anything with it. But these guys really know Prince, I feel like. Yeah, there there was a lot of uh, interesting things done with this song that, uh, you know, I I didn't really sense the Prince energy there, but I'm sure if you like played something back to back with that, like from Prince, like I, but I I think that that was it it was doing its own thing too while being an while being inspired by other things, and that's really the the other stuff I can say felt a little too reminiscent of things that I can like think of right off the bat but this really did feel like its own interesting entity I it was it was good my madness <laughs> well now you make it sound really bad but he didn't sound oh. like he didn't sound like a karaoke guy <laughs> I sound like a karaoke guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're at a karaoke bar and you're trying your best to sound like uh, the singer from AWOL Nation. You're just not cutting it. I could do a much better job if I was actually at karaoke. But I digress. Uh, this was our episode. Um, all right, you guys. Um, how did you feel about this? Uh, rate us on Spotify. Don't ba- rate us based on this. Fuck this. I, I do think, since you didn't let me play my song, I will play it tonight. What was it? Uh, I'm the Neil Cicerigo song. I I couldn't find it. What song is it? Well, uh, I'll, I'll play it tonight. Are, are you sure? I can yeah, play it right now. I'm playing it tonight. You haven't heard right. it anyway. Alright, fine. If it's... Yeah. If it's on this huh if it's is it new no all right then yeah you can play tonight <laughs> yeah and i mean all his stuff has under like under a million at least no that, yeah that's fine but for this episode we're we're doing new stuff oh i see okay my bad i didn't understand the theme i i just thought i was listening to music and commenting on it yeah, yeah, no, all right, yeah, you're good. <laughs> all, right, all right, just uh, all right. Here's the fun thing. 
a track was just released by a band called Cat Piss, and it's called Cat Piss Rides Again. <laughs> Interesting. We won't energy, but just know that it exists in your heart of hearts. Cat Piss Rides Again is out there. It's looking for you. <laughs> They're riding again. <laughs> God help us all. <laughs> We're all gonna be devoured by the cat piss. The gods of the cat piss. <laughs> Somebody the litter box a few too many times. I had to piss, so I'm signing off. Alright, signing off. I hope you guys enjoyed this horrible episode. See ya.